Oh, sounds good, doesn't it? Is anyone here who is old enough to remember when they first played that on the television? Oh, look around. Wow, come on, that's amazing. I was going to put my hand up, but I was only two at the time, so it doesn't really count. So um, that's amazing. That is awesome. Well, it's great to be here, and we're going to, uh, we're going to talk today about, um, about something that is a very common experience, I think, for many of us. You know, one problem that we have that directly impacts on our ability to follow Jesus uh, is how difficult we sometimes find it to change a pattern of thinking or change a pattern of doing or change a pattern of believing from one thing to another, particularly if we have people saying, you need to do this, this would be great for you, you should totally do this. But if it doesn't make rational sense to us, we often find ourselves stuck, unable to take the step forward that we need to step forward. Let me give you some examples. I can still remember uh, before I became a Christian, uh, I I went to a music festival and they had a guy there that some of you may have heard of called Glenn Kaiser. He was the lead singer of, uh, of an iconic 60s band called Res Band. Anyone here? Remember a res band? Uh, and um, and he, was, he was a speaker and he was talking all about the difference Jesus made. And he was encouraging all of us to take that step of faith and to put our trust in him because he was so good. And I, I remember standing there being so moved by this, so wanting it, but I just, I just couldn't work it out rationally. It didn't make any sense to me. And it was the hardest thing, but... I just couldn't make that leap. I can think of times when I've been down or maybe struggled with some depression and I've heard of something or, or read something that if I will just shift my focus, if I will shift my focus off myself onto somebody else, if I can get out of myself and go and serve somebody, that actually it will make a huge difference to my emotions and to how I feel. But, you know, when, when you're in that place when it's, when it's all about you, when it's all about how bad you're feeling, when it's all about how hopeless you feel. For me, I found that I I just wasn't sure if what worked for this other person is really going to work for me. It seemed too big a step to take. I felt stuck in my sad story. Or even times when I, if I'm totally honest this morning, times when I haven't enjoyed church that much, when I found myself... You know, going, oh, I'm not getting a light out of church right now. You know, I'm standing there in worship with my, uh, with my hands in my pockets or with my arms crossed, uh, observing but not participating uh, and looking, if I'm honest, probably a little judgmentally at the, the, those ones around me who are jumping around and lifting their hands and singing vigorously and then, and then, uh, you know, then they're sitting there taking notes during the message and, and they're kind of verbally responding with things they agree with. And I'm sitting there going, ah, you know, really? I don't want to make a fool of myself. I I don't want to embarrass myself. I I need to resist this overt emotionalism. All the while, wishing that I could actually make that step. Because seeing this, this joy, this experience that I am currently missing out of. And so, so often I've stayed dissatisfied. I've stayed critical, quietly wishing for something better, but finding it too difficult to make the leap. 
Now, if you've experienced this rational inertia, uh, you are not alone. It's a very, very old problem. In fact, it was first, oh, well, I'm sure it was articulated before this as well, but most famously, it was articulated um, by a guy called uh, Gothold Ephraim Lessing. Uh, during the Enlightenment era, in the mid-1700s, he was a German writer and philosopher, and he wrote and argued about this problem, which ultimately became named after him, and the problem was called Lessing's Ditch. Lessing's Ditch. And Lessing's Ditch very basically is the gap between past events, between history, between what other people say and what your experience is. And Lessing found that he was unable to believe in God's voice, unable to believe that God speaks, unable to believe in miracles, unable to trust the authority of Scripture, um, because for him, what happened in the past didn't necessarily or, uh, uh, or rationally apply to the way he saw life in the present. And this is what he wrote. He said, that then is the ugly great ditch that I cannot cross, however often and however earnestly I have tried. It's like this idea that just because the Bible says something, or my friend says, hey, you need to do this. Sometimes, if our rational mind can't make sense of it, we struggle to accept that, and therefore we struggle to step into the freedom, the joy, the experience that others have, and that often we are missing out on. Now, luckily for us, this was answered by the uh, by the very famous Danish theologian and philosopher, uh, I'm sure many of you have heard about, a guy called Soren Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard argued for what later became named after him, uh, and it was this phrase that he called the leap of faith. His thought was that very often, and actually very rationally, sometimes we find ourselves at obstacles or at ditches like Lessing did that sometimes we can't walk through, that sometimes we need to leap over. Sometimes, very often in life, we need to take a leap of faith, and a leap of faith is the only way forward. You know, when I can't get motivated to change, when steps don't work anymore, sometimes I need to take a leap of faith. Sometimes we all need to take a leap of faith. And I know there are a bunch of people here who are walkers, who are trampers, who are runners, and for, if you've ever been out in the bush, you will know that on any journey you go on, at some point, you're going to come across something that blocks your path that you've got to leap over. Whether it's a puddle, whether it's a, a, a log that's fallen across your path, whether it's a stream, whether it's a ditch, sometimes you've just got to leap. And this is true, I believe, in every, every area of life, and especially in relationships, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about three very specific leaps, three specific leaps of faith that sometimes in our lives we need to be willing to make. It is the only rational thing to do, and it is the only way for us to move forward. And I want to take a bit of time this morning and unpack those. The first one is this, the leap of forgiveness. You know, sometimes in relationships, when we get hurt, when we get wounded, when we get offended, when things don't work out right, and you know what? There's not a person here who has never experienced that. 
You know, we try and work through things, right? We try and negotiate our way through. We try and solve things and sort things. But I'm telling you, some days, sometimes, you will find that steps don't work and you just need to take the leap of forgiveness. You know, there was this one time when Jesus said to his disciples, he said, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Jesus was saying, just whatever you do, don't risk getting stuck at the ditch of unforgiveness. If you hold, he says, if you hold anything against anyone, he says, take the leap. Just forgive them. Release them from your judgment. Sometimes it's just not something that you can walk through step by step. Say it out loud. Speak it out. Commit it to God. Let it go. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, the Apostle Paul helps us in this. And he says this. He says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did the Lord forgive me? Was there a process? Was there a penance? No, God just made the leap. Because of what Christ had done on the cross for me, he made the leap and he declared me forgiven. And he did that for you. And so maybe our lesson today is if God had to make the leap of forgiveness, maybe sometimes we do too. Remember a couple of years ago, I was uh, meeting with a dad, not, not a member of this congregation. And, um, and this particular dad, we were on a camp. I was on JHATRI, and in my huddle group of dads who were there wanting to reconnect with their daughters, uh, there was a dad who was going through a real tough time because his daughter, who was in her late teens, had really hurt him, really, really hurt him. And he was really struggling to forgive her. And he said, the problem is I, I keep trying to forgive her. Like I hand her over to God. I, I say I forgive her. I let it go. But then sometimes it's just like minutes later that, that it feels like the hurt comes back and it's right back there living with me again. And I, I feel I've taken it back again. He says, I just don't know how to get free of this. I know I've got to, but I don't know how to do it. And as I was talking with him, I was reminded of a story about Corrie Ten Boom. Uh, Corrie Ten Boom, for those of you who don't know, was a woman who was in the Nazi death camps, the Second World War. Uh, her entire family was murdered, uh, including her sister, whom she was particularly close to. And she had an extraordinary story uh, after the war of what God did through her as a result of what she experienced. But in those first few years, she found herself really struggling with forgiveness, particularly of some specific guards who had been responsible for the murder of her sister. And in her struggle, she went to the local pastor of the little church that she attended in the small village. She shared her grief with this pastor, that how she, she would try and forgive this guard, but it would seem like just minutes later sometimes, or, or, or hours or days later, it would be back again. The pastor took her out to the bell tower, the big long ropes coming down from the bells that they would pull every Sunday morning to, to call the community to church. And he said to her, I want you to pull the bell and keep pulling this rope until I tell you to take the hands off your hands off the rope. So she pulled it and soon the bells were dinging and donging. And, and then the pastor said, I want you to take your hands off the rope now. Let go of the rope. And she did. And the bells, of course, have so much momentum and they kept dinging and donging just a few more times until finally the momentum was lost, and then silence reigned again. The pastor said to her, forgiveness 
is like that. When we are hurt, when we are holding on to things, it's like we're holding on to the rope. Forgiveness is like letting go of the rope. And there's going to be a few echoes. There's going to be a few dings and dongs as the momentum of this thing stops. But if you will just keep your hands off the rope, it won't be long before peace reigns again. I shared it with this father. And he took the leap and committed himself to forgiveness. Committed himself to keeping his hands off the rope. Is that a leap you need to make today? The second leap that we need to make in our relationships is we need to make the leap of unconditional love. Unconditional love. And you know, in key relationships, maybe that's with a husband or a wife, or maybe it's with uh, someone that you love very, very much. Sometimes we find ourselves when things aren't going well. It's just a reality. There's not a marriage here who hasn't had its challenges, its difficulties, its dark seasons. And what do we do in those times? You know, there was this one time when Jesus said to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. Later on, people were like, what, what, does, that even, what does that actually even mean? And once again, the Apostle Paul helps us out. And he described it like this in Romans 5. He said, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me say this this morning. While that person you are called to love is still rude, love them. While they are still inconsiderate, love them. While they still make you feel small, love them. While they are still grumpy, love them. Unconditional love means doing it now, regardless of whether the conditions seem to warrant it. I want to share very quickly the story of a young man in a marriage that was almost over. It was a, a coaching session that I was able to observe online between a life coach and this young man. And this young man uh, had stood up in this meeting and shared that, that his marriage was over. He felt trapped. He felt that his wife didn't understand he worked hard, um, and in his time off, he, he, one of his hobbies was playing in a band, and he wanted to play in the band. He loved it, but his, he felt his wife was really controlling, and she would only let him play in the band once a month, and, and there were a whole lot of issues that they were going with. They had a young family, and um, so the, the, the coach asked him about some of his emotional needs, and I'm going to relay part of this conversation to you this morning. The coach said, how significant do you feel when you play in that band? on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being completely insignificant and 10 being unbelievably significant. He, his reply was immediate. I feel like a 10. How appreciated do you feel when you're up there playing in that band? How much of a contribution do you feel you're making to others when you're in the band? He said, 10, 10. He said, and so I'm trying to understand your perspective. So for you in this band, you go to this band and, and you... You find that this is a place that makes you feel alive. It fills your emotional tank. You feel significant, appreciated, like you're making a contribution in the world. And your wife has said to you, you can only feel this way once a month. He said, yeah. The coach said, I can see why you're feeling like leaving. So the question is, why does your wife feel this way? The young man replied, I have no idea. 
The coach says, well, let's put ourselves in her shoes. Tell me how your wife is feeling. He said, oh, I guess she feels the distance between us. The coach said, yes. And coach said, well, how are you fulfilling her emotional needs? The young man replied, probably not great. The coach says, okay, we're going to do an exercise, and I want you to pretend that you are your wife. You're going to, we're going to try and get you in your wife's shoes right now. So now I'm not speaking to you. I'm talking to your wife. You're going to pretend that you're your wife. So let me ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, how significant does your husband make you feel when he comes home from work? He replied, probably a 2. The coach says, how loved and connected does your husband make you feel when he comes home? He said, maybe a three. He said, how much are you growing as a couple? How much does your husband make you feel like you're contributing to this family? How certain are you of his love toward you? The man was getting quieter and quieter. He said, I don't know, maybe a two or a three. So the coach quietly said, so you come home from work and your wife feels insignificant to you, she feels unloved, she feels unconnected with, like she's not growing and that she's making no meaningful contribution. He said, if you were in your wife's shoes and you felt like this and you felt your husband was intentionally slipping away, what are you going to do? And the man quietly replied, I guess I would leave. And then the coach said, no, you're thinking like a man and not a woman. You're the father of these children, right? You're a good dad? He replied, yeah, I think so. And your wife, she's a good mum? He replied, yeah, she's amazing. The coach then said, well, then you know that she knows that her kids need their dad. And that's who you are, and you're a good dad, and you're a key provider for the family for income. If you were in your wife's shoes, now tell me, are you going to leave? He replied, no. The coach says, no. So what are you going to do? The young man thought for a moment. He says, well, I guess I'm going to make him change. The coach replied, yes, you are. How are you going to do that? The young man, with the light slowly turning on, says, I guess I'm going to control him. Yes, you are. Do you see why she's acting the way that she is acting? The young man says, yes, I do. So then the coach says, so you can't leave because you know Sorry, because you don't know if it's because she doesn't love you or it's simply because you haven't loved her unconditionally. And if you walked away now, you would never know if it was actually because you just didn't try. And I don't think you're the kind of person who will walk away without trying. The young man replied, no, I'm not. And the coach says, okay, so for the next 30 days, your challenge is to love her unconditionally to make you feel so significant, so loved, so connected with, so appreciated for her contribution to your family, so certain of her priority in your world, that you will know in 30 days that if it's not working, at least you gave it 100%. And I suspect, the coach says, that what will happen is that when your wife feels certain, when she feels significant, when she feels like she is contributing, I suspect that she will want to make you feel the same way. Now, this particular episode finished with an interview that they filmed six months later. Six months later. And this man, young man had gone out and done exactly that. And this couple was still together. Not only were they still together, they'd fallen in love again. The, the wife had discovered old passions that she'd lost. She had picked up her painting again, something that she had loved when she was in high school but had let go when they had the kids. And she was kind of carrying that load. 
He was playing in the band every Saturday night, which was her wife's, his wife's suggestion. Everything had changed. Why? Because he took a leap of faith to love her unconditionally with everything that he had. He met her needs for security and surprise and significance and love and growth and contribution. He made it his daily goal to light her up and make her feel full. And that leap, that unconditional love, changed everything. And let me ask you this morning, is that a leap you need to make today? The third one today is the leap of honesty. You know, sometimes with friends or with colleagues or even sometimes in our families, when you're with the people that you really care about, sometimes we, we're not honest. We want to we keep the peace. We want to maintain relationships. Maybe honesty hasn't worked that so well for us in the past. And so we're like, you know, I don't want to go there again. But you know what? Sometimes if you're not going to be honest, nothing's going to change. And as your frustration level continues to escalate and nothing changes because they don't even know what they need to change, sometimes you're going to find that you're not going to be able to take this through step by step. Sometimes you need to take the leap of honesty. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this. He talks about speaking the truth in love. And he says that's actually how we grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. Actually, for Christian maturity, we need to learn to speak the truth, to actually be honest and to take that step. And, you know, it's interesting because when we read about this, we realize that honesty is actually a gift. Honesty is a gift. But to be recognized as a gift, it needs to be gift-wrapped. In love. Speak the truth, Paul says, but speak it in love. Give the gift, but wrap it in the thing that will make it received in the spirit in which it was attended. Many years ago, uh, one of our pastors and our campuses, a guy who's younger than me, uh, who I had a great friendship with, by the way, we had a, we had a great friendship, uh, he wanted to meet me for coffee. Uh, it was just the week before our national conference. At the time, I was the national leader, and I was going to be giving a, a keynote address and all those bits and pieces. And I thought he just wanted to have a catch-up, which was great. And so I met him for coffee in Botany. Uh, we parked up. We got out of the car. And as we started to walk across the car park in Botany to the cafe, he stopped. And he said, Mike, he said, uh, we're actually not here for coffee. I said, oh, okay, that's fine. What are we here for? He said, Mike, we're here because I'm going I'm to buy you some stuff. I'm like, what? You're going to buy me some stuff? He goes, yeah, because, and then he got real honest, because he says, because you can't stand up and lead our movement dressed like that. <laughs> he said, so we're going to go in, we're going to try on some clothes, I'm going to buy you some stuff, we're going to have a heap of fun today. And that's exactly what we did. You know, what? the truth that my friend was communicating to me was this. He was saying, Mike... Your dress sense is poor. Your style is outdated. You will not connect with the younger generation in a way that produces influence and respect. And I want to help you. I can't tell you how grateful I was for that. The truth is, is that that was the truth that I needed to hear. And I'm sure there were plenty of people that had thoughts about that, but never gave me the gift of honesty. 
The interesting thing was is that if he just come out and said it, I probably would have been offended, possibly hurt, possibly rejected his advice, but he took the time to package and present that truth in love. And I so, so appreciated that. Let me ask you this morning, have you been tiptoeing around things for too long with somebody and you need to give them the gift of love, uh, sorry, the gift of honesty, but will you take the step and have the wisdom to gift wrap that in love, like Paul says? Is that the leap that you need to make today? I'm going to ask the team to come up now as we uh, come to a close of the service, but uh, I want to take a few moments now, and I want to challenge you, and every one of you on your seat this morning, has got an Orange Connect card. I'm going to ask everyone to grab that Connect card now. If you don't have a pen, uh, alongside every second row, there are boxes of pens, and if you want a pen, then you just give someone a nudge and say, bro, pass a pen along, and they'll pass a pen along. But this is my challenge today. Because I may be wrong, but I suspect that probably every one of us needs to make one of those leaps of faith. I know I do. And so I want to ask you, if you had to pick one of those that actually maybe the Spirit of God is nudging you on in your life as you follow Christ, what is it for you today? Do you need to make the leap of forgiveness? Now, that's a tough leap. That is a tough leap. Do you need to make that leap? Do you need to take your hands off the rope? Do you need to be prepared for the old ding and dong of the feelings as they come back a little bit but but I tell you if you'll make that leap you will find a freedom that will amaze you and will change your world or do you need to make the leap of unconditional love today to make that leap and commit yourself maybe like the story that I went through for 30 days for 30 days to someone in your world, to make it your focus, to light them up, to make them feel significant, to make them feel that they are a priority in your world, to make them feel that they're making a contribution to you, to give them absolute security, that you love them. Is that what you need to do? Okay, that's a big leap. You need faith for that. But unconditional love is what we're called to. Do you need to make that leap today? Or do you need to make the leap of honesty? Is there someone in your world that actually you know you're not doing them any favors by not speaking the truth to them? Is there someone that you need to make a coffee with or catch up with at some point? You need to do the work to work out how you're going to package this honesty, how you're going to gift wrap it in love. So by me, it might be received in that spirit to which you intended. But is that the leap that you need to make today? Again, that's a, that's a big, scary leap, that one. But it can really make a difference in someone's life. What I'm going to ask you to do this morning is I'm going to ask you to take just a moment and to think about that, to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying on the inside of you. Sometimes what we think is the leap we need to make is, is not the leap that the Spirit of God is saying. Actually, mm, let me just tap you on the shoulder Let's just think again, maybe it's this thing over here. I'm going to ask you to, to do that. I'm going to ask you, as we stand and worship in a moment, I'm going to ask you to commit 
to burn your boats, to stand up, to say, yeah, I'm making a decision. I'm doing this. I'm going, I'm going to do this. Come hell or high water, if this goes well or goes badly, I'm going to do this because I really believe this is the faith step that God wants me to take is my next step. And, and I would love you if you want to, and no one has to, but if you wanted to when you make that decision, if you wanted to take that connect card and write down on there what your leap is that you're taking today, this week, this month, whatever that is, and then you'll put that in the offering bag when it comes around this week as a staff. And, and we always pray for this congregation every week as a staff. We will go through all those cards and we will partner with you in prayer in your leap. You can know that if you do that, that we will be backing you up in prayer and asking God to move as you step out in faith and to do something special in your life as you step out in that way. So we're going to take just a moment right now. We're going to allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. If you're willing, if you're brave enough to take that leap of faith, I want you to write down the leap that you're taking. You don't have to give us any particular details. Write down what you're planning to do. Put down as much as you feel comfortable putting down. And this week, we will bring that before the Lord. We will join with you and we'll believe God for breakthrough in your work. Amen. Look, just as we come to a close right now, I just want to share with you the most important leap of faith that there is. You know, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never taken that leap of faith of putting your, of putting your trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. What can I challenge you today? Maybe this is your moment. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in it, whoever, will not perish but have eternal life. The problem is, of course, that we've all rejected God, right? As the rightful authority in our lives. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That separates us from knowing God and we can't experience His plan for our life. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And today you can put your trust in Jesus. But what he did on the cross, he did for you. And that through him and what he did, you can come in a relationship with God again. You can know him, experience his love and plan for your life. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, that for all those who received him, for those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I'm telling you, if that's you this morning, you've got so much to look forward to. And if that is you if, you, if you're making this decision for the very first time, or maybe you're coming back to God, you know you've drifted from Him, you've, you've let this relationship slide, and it's time for you to commit and make that leap of faith, then I'm going to invite every one of you who wants to do that this morning to join with me. Let me lead you in a prayer this morning of putting your trust in Jesus. Can we take a moment, church, bow our heads, close our eyes? If that's you and you know who you are, you know God's speaking to you right now in your heart. Why don't you pray this with me? I'd love you to do that. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you that you love me. I acknowledge my sin. I have rejected you. And that has kept me separated from knowing you and experiencing your love. But today I come and I put my trust in you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for me, that my sins might be forgiven. And I receive that forgiveness right now. And I receive you, Jesus, as my God and as my Savior. And I believe in you. I thank you right now for making me your child, your son, your daughter. Thank you for making me new on the inside. Thank you, Lord, for a second chance. I commit myself. I take the leap of faith to follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. In your name I pray.
Amen. And I'm going to ask you to just keep your eyes closed and heads bowed for just one more moment because if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something brave. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. I want to pray for every person who prayed that prayer today. I want to pray God's favor and blessing on your life. I want to pray that God will help you in the, in the days ahead as you learn what it is to follow Him. And uh, so in a moment, I'm going to ask you if you prayed that prayer to, to do me a favor and just put your hand up up in the air and pop it back down again and say, yeah, Mike, I prayed that prayer. I just want to know who I'm praying for this morning. And so if that's you, would you, would you take that brave step? Would you honor me by saying, yeah, Mike, I prayed that prayer so that I can include you in this prayer? If that's you, Right now, would you put your hand up? Give me a wave. Say, yeah, Mike, that was me. I'm just going to look across the audience. Anyone here just pray that prayer? Just put your hand up. Give me a wave. Put it back down again. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Awesome. Anyone else here this morning said, yeah, I'd have made that decision. I'm coming, getting my life right with Christ, making that decision. Okay, awesome. Let's just pray. Mighty God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the courageous ones, God, who took that leap of faith this morning made a fresh commitment to you. God, I ask your favor on their lives. God, your blessing. God, I ask you to surround them with your angels, God. Be with them. God, in a fresh and special way from this way, this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church. We're going to sing this last song. You can stand up. You can sit down, whatever you want. But as you take a moment to pray about that leap of faith, would you do me the favor of if, you're, if you've got a leap you're making, Would you take a moment, write it down on that connect card, put it in the offering bag, which is going to come around in a few moments when we get Lizzie up here in just just a second. Would you do that? We would love to partner with you. Believe in God for an incredible breakthrough in your life as we start this year together. Amen? Awesome. I'm going to get Lizzie up here really quickly, and uh, then we're going to do that. That'll be awesome. So if that was you this morning, and you took that leap of faith and asked God to come into your life, then we'd really love it if you'd fill out the connect card on your seat and let us know that because we really want to make contact with you. For others of you this morning, possibly, um, you know, for you, there's another leap of faith that you've made. It's, maybe it's around forgiveness. Maybe it's around unconditional love. And we really do want to pray for you as a staff. So as the offering bag comes around, you can actually just put that in the offering bag, as Mike said. And uh, we would really love the opportunity to pray for you during the week. Um, As we come to the time of of our offering, I just want to share with you 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, and it says this, Now he he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. This morning, as we give our tithes and as we give um, our offerings, we get to sow into what God is doing in us and what God is doing through us. We are also get the opportunity to give thanks to God this morning through our tithes, through our offerings, for what God is doing in us, for what God is doing through us. So let's just pray. Also, as the offering bags go around, as we sing our final song, the ministry team would love the opportunity to pray with you. If there's anything that you're going through that you'd like prayer for, you can absolutely come up the front. They will come and pray with you. And at the end of the song, I have got some notices for you, so don't go away. So Father, we just thank you for these tithes and these offerings. Father God, we give thanks to you for all you're doing in our lives personally and for what you're doing through us as a community. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.